I was thinking about the Black Panther movement, right? I was thinking about the NOI. I'm thinking about BLA. And when you think about all these different movements that was for us, all of them were infiltrated in one way or another. And they were all infiltrated by people that looks like us. And so that goes to show, you know, we cannot have everybody at the table because everyone's intentions are not pure. And we can't allow that into our lives, especially when we think about our ancestors and how they allowed uh, the unknown into their lives and what ended up being the consequences of that. And so when I talk about the ancestors, you know, it's, it's with the utmost respect. And we show our respect to them by looking at the past and taking the good while also maneuvering around the things that were to our detriment. And sometimes we have to separate within ourselves while our love for all of us to be able to come together, you know, it's sometimes it's not feasible. EC Nation, welcome back to another episode of Embezzling Creativity. Embezzling Creativity. Ooh. Yes, 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 yes. I am your host here, and I am also the founder of Dime Digital Media, and I go by the name of Dime Witherspoon. Dime, 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 mm -hmm. Dime, if this is your first time here, Embezzling Creativity is the place where all the ones come to congregate. It's where we turn obstacles into opportunities. It's where we share information that will help one another to develop our business, our mindset, and our wealth. And this episode is no different. Well, I'm going to do a callback to the last episode about the whole Kyrie Irving debacle. Stick around. I want to start this episode off by admitting that I was wrong. Yes, I was wrong. I, I, I admit it. Um, I know I mentioned in the last episode of the pod that we should consider forgiving our brothers over there at Disney, you know, or ESPN, as well as some of the other sport commentators who decided that they were going to go against Kyrie Irving and then be vocal about it. Now, when I initially said that we should consider forgiving them, I was even hesitant about saying that, right? I was hesitant about putting that out there because I wasn't even sure if I actually felt that way. And it turns out I don't, <laughs> it turns out I don't feel that way. And what has happened between last week and this week was, well, it was actually a number of things, right? One, some of you commented and saying, nah, yo, we ain't doing that, right? Now, that is on top of me already feeling as if I was uncertain in that stance and taking that stance. And so some of you said, nah, yo, we ain't doing that, right? Um, and then also on top of that, Chuck, a.k.a. Charles Barkley, he decided to come out and go on CNN and continue with his spiel. It wasn't enough for him to say what he's already said, but he wanted to pile onto that with the same stance. And, you know, he could have just been quiet, quite frankly. He could have just been quiet about that. And um, he even took that to roll into talking about Dave Chappelle. 
Now, what I've come to learn about Charles Barkley is that he kind of married into that union or that lifestyle and not just him personally, but his, his kid, right? So his daughter married into that type of family. And, you know, I guess, I guess in that you can kind of take a stance like, you know, this is that, or that is this when it comes to the actual link that Kyrie posted in the film and the documentary in and of itself. But even then, you know, if I do step out on a ledge a little bit, it's kind of questionable for that relationship to even blossom to marriage. But at the same time, I understand and I recognize that when you look at the past, right, marriage has always been a business, a business decision, a business ordeal. And what would happen in the past is that you would have two families that were kind of at odds or fueling with one another and, what would happen is that you would take a son from one family and he would marry the daughter of the other family. And what will ultimately happen is that the empires will merge together. And then when you add procreate and on top of that, the, the relationships get even deeper. And so when I take those things into consideration, I can kind of understand Charles Barkley's stance and, you know, that's fine. You know, you can stand where you stand. Everybody got their own life to live. We all have our own journeys. We all have our own belief systems and ideology as well as our moral compasses and our integrity. Right. And so I can say, you know, I understand where he's coming from. But at the same time, you know, it don't mean that he got to eat at our table. That don't mean we have to invite him to our table to have these different meals. Right. And I really tried to throw a bone to our people, but, but sometimes those who look like us is not actually for us, right? So I want to take that a bit further and, you know, acknowledge it. In one of the past episodes of this podcast, I mentioned that color folk, black folks, us, we're not really um, monolithic, right? Meaning we all have different ideologies. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, we have different thought processes, right? We had different experiences that led us up into this moment in life. But at the same time, there are certain things that we should all stand on the same side of. There are certain obstacles that's been placed in front of us that we can all agree that exist, Without discounting the fact that we also make our own decisions, it's up to us to really visualize what's happening in our lives and behave accordingly, according to what we want for our future selves. So I'm not discounting that at all, but there are certain stances that we should all be on the same side of, right? Um, for instance, when you look at Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle been getting a little backlash off of his monologue that he did on Saturday Night Live. But, you know, Dave Chappelle is the GOAT. Dave Chappelle is the GOAT. I really believe that. I really feel that way. And so when you take someone like Dave Chappelle, who walked away from his show, who refused to put a dress on, who went and did his Netflix specials and his stand-ups, um, regardless of the backlash that he was already receiving from a couple of his, his prior standups that he did with Netflix, right? And so we are able to see someone actually take a strong stance while also um, not really regarding his celebrity 
as something that will prevent him from actually standing in what he believes in. And so I say all of that to say either you with us or you ain't. And the contrast between Charles Barkley and a Dave Chappelle, it just shows that either you with us or you ain't right. Two thirds ain't going to make it. And if he got to be one of those, then so be it. Right. You live your life how you live your life and you suffer the consequences of your actions. And that rolls into another reason why I am deciding to take a step back from the stance of, you know, maybe we should forgive our brothers. And that is because, you know, I really I had some time to think about it. And I was thinking about the Black Panther movement. Right. I was thinking about the NOI. I'm thinking about BLA. And when you think about all these different movements that was for us, all of them were infiltrated in one way or another. And they were all infiltrated by people that looks like us. And so that goes to show, you know, we cannot have everybody at the table because everyone's intentions are not pure. And we can't allow that into our lives, especially when we think about our ancestors and how they allowed uh, the unknown into their lives and what ended up being the consequences of that. And so when I talk about the ancestors, you know, it's, it's with the utmost respect. And we show our respect to them by looking at the past and taking the good while also maneuvering around the things that were to our detriment. And sometimes we have to separate within ourselves while our love for all of us to be able to come together you know, it's sometimes it's not feasible in my statistics class. What I've learned is that you will rarely get zero percent and you will rarely get 100 percent. So even your child is not 100 percent your child. Even your child is like ninety nine point something percent yours. Right. Y'all share that DNA in that way. And so. Because there's no zero percent or there's no 100 percent. That means that we'll never have 100% unity amongst us, right? Some people are for us and others are for others. And it's as simple as that. And once we're able to actually recognize those that's for us, we'll be able to grow at a much faster rate. If you found that first section useful, if you learned anything, do me a favor and tap that like button right now before you forget. What I would like to add on to that is I want to let... My brothers know, I want to let the men know, right, in this community that we stand with you, that we love you, right? And I'm mentioning this because I want to highlight the fact that the 60s kind of messed us up, right? We had all of this pride back then, our people, even with the inequality and in how we was living in this country, we were still all for each other. We were still together in that sense. And so just like I mentioned earlier is that we got to look at the past so we can know how to grow from it. When we look at that, we can pinpoint exactly where we began to fall apart, where we began to separate. And so back then, while our brothers was out there marching for civil rights, um, the feminist movement was born. And so we know now that that was used as a ploy to separate the man from the woman. And because women decided our, our sisters, our elders, they decided that they was going to take a stance and they wanted to stand with that. We can now look back and recognize that was kind of to the detriment of us. 
And that wasn't the only thing that has happened. But in that time frame, that separated us and it caused a conflict with the progress that was being made. And once we take that a step further and we continue to look back at our history, we can understand that that rolls into the crack era. So we came a long way from being unified, from marching with each other, from being willing to, to fight with each other together. I mean, <laughs> right. Not like back and forth, but from that to the crack era, right. To drugs, to fighting each other in that sense. Right. And once we look at that and we recognize how we were separated intentionally and the pride that we had in ourselves, the pride that we had in each other, the respect and the love that we had for each other, it began to deteriorate because of that movement, because of the crack era, because of the laws that were being passed based upon the environment that we were already placed in. We know all about escapism. We know about um doing things that are beat to our detriment simply because we don't want to face the reality of what's right in front of us. And then what happened after the crack era? We still had these different laws being written against us and being implemented against us. Then we had the narrative, uh, you know, in the media about welfare queens. So last week we spoke about the media. Last week we spoke about the propaganda. And so now we have the welfare queens where our sisters decided to stand beside Bill Clinton as he was signing these different bills. And that makes me question when I think back at the top of this episode, whether they were really for us. But that's beside the point at this juncture. And I say this to say it's been a downhill battle. It's been a downhill battle, but today, but today we know better. And so when I say that we stand by you, I mean it. We stand by you. We are not going to allow ourselves to be infiltrated upon once again because we are unified, because that is scary for others, right? We're not going to allow for us to become pawns in some type of scheme that's going to cause a separation between us, between the black man and the black woman. We're not doing that in 2020 and beyond because we are uh, connected enough to understand what's happened in the past and to not make those same mistakes again as we move forward. And we're going to stand by you and to my sisters, <laughs> to my sisters, I need for you to be willing and able to stand by your brother. And I really mean that there are going to be some sacrifices that we have to make. And we have to be okay with making those sacrifices. I, the way I see it, the way I see it, and I want y'all to comment below on your thoughts. The, the way I see it is that because we lost so much progress, because if we were to stay together from 50 years ago up until now, we will be in an entire, an entirely different position. And so the way I see it, when it comes to the sacrifices that's going to have to be made, we're going to have to go back out to the front line. And I know it's not ideal. It's not ideal, especially when we want to be able to fall back. We want to be soft, right? We want to follow. We want our men to lead. 
We want those things. But I am afraid that we may not have the privilege of that. And I'm not, I'm not wishing this on us, but it's just what I see. And it could be the reality. And so that might be a sacrifice that we have to make. And we have to be willing to make that sacrifice. And the reason why I say that sacrifice specifically is because we need to be able to pave the way for the next generation. We need to be willing to sacrifice our time and maybe even put our bodies on a line so that the next generation don't have to do it because they got our people good. They got us good. You got to admit it. They got us good. Because if our women, if our elders were still unified with the men back in the 60s through the 70s, not being um, susceptible to the drugs that was dropped into our neighborhoods in the 80s, then we will be in a different position now. We won't have to be on the front line. We won't be having these same fights. We will have already won. We will already have been in a place that would be beneficial for us as a community. But we're not there. We're not there. But that's not to say that we can't get there. That's not to say that we cannot move the needle forward. That's not to say that it's going to be all over before we get to where we need to be. Because that's virtually impossible. It's impossible for it to be over before we get there. Because it's not over until we get there. And so to the family... I want to encourage you to do whatever it takes to go and, and mesh with your brother, to go and mesh with your sister, to show some respect, to love each other, right? Because a lot of what's been happening has to do with the lack of pride. It has to do with the lack of respect that we may have for one another. People won't try us if we were all on the same page. And someone had commented that, Basically that the men and women in our community are afraid of coming together and having that unity because once we do come together, the next monumental, that's a, that's a direct quote, the next monumental task that we would have to take on and we are afraid of it. Now, do you believe that to be true? Because I don't know, like I understand the point of view and I didn't even, I never thought about it in that way, but from my stance, I'm rolling. <laughs> I'm rolling as long as we're following something and we have a plan. We're being goal oriented. I'm rolling with whatever you dig because I'm comfortable enough with myself to love my sister, to love my brother, to not feel threatened by their successes, to not feel threatened um, by the love that they may be receiving. Right. To not be threatened by their position in life. And once we all make it to that place, we will be able to love each other for real. We will be able to have the progress being made that we need for real. But we have to make a conscious decision to be able to make it to that place. And while we're not there yet, we are well on our way. Come and be a guest on Embezzling Creativity. The podcast is really... It's for us. It's for us to build community. It's for us to share our knowledge and experiences. And it's for us to really push to keep our resources 
flowing within the tribe. Ideally, we'll have some business owners and entrepreneurs step up, some free thinkers, and we'll also have some members that are traditional and non-traditional teachers step up to enlighten us on what they've learned over the years. All the information is available at embezzlingcreativity.com. Let me learn a bit about you and what you would like to share with the tribe. Oh yeah, I'm down by the way, it's all love. Embezzling creativity, Oh. And I, I kind of want to respond to another comment that I received last week on the podcast, which was hip hop. What they say? They say hip hop has been killing black men for the last 30 years. And then this person went on to mention black on black crime or whatever the case may be. Now, sister, I love you. Right. I love you. But the moment you mention black on black crime, you lose me. You lost me already because unless you could pull up some statistics about European or European crime or Asian or Asian crime or any of those types of things, unless you could pull those up, I'm not really willing to hear about black on black crime because that is also made up. It's made up. It's propaganda. And so while I do respect that we all need to love each other and until we're able to love ourselves and stop hating ourselves, we won't be able to love our brother or our sister. We won't be able to see their lives as being valuable. And so while I'm with you on that, to use that phrase in an argument, to me, that's a losing argument that you're having. Or you're going to end up having that argument by yourself. I'm not with the bigger end when it comes to that. Unless you genuinely don't understand how proximity works. Unless you don't understand how crime works. You're going to go after the people that's around you. There are some crimes that are being committed against others. And the first thought may be, oh snap, this person must be from the neighborhood. Because they know they were around. How did they get away so quickly? Which crib did they run into? It's because we're all so close and so on top of each other that that will even be a thing. It doesn't matter which community you're in. If you're in proximity of someone and you're someone that's creating crime or committing crimes, it will be against someone. It will most likely be against someone that looks like you because they live next door to you. And if you want to have a further discussion on that, I'm more than willing and able to do so. Because I'm willing to do my part in getting us all on the same page. And so I'm going to wrap this up right now with a recap, right? Um, I was wrong. <laughs> I admit that I was wrong. As much as I hate not only admitting that I'm wrong, but to actually be wrong in this scenario, in this situation, when I talk about forgiving our people who may have stepped out of line, right? I understand that everything isn't for everyone, and everyone is not on the same page mentally. We're not all on the same page mentally when it comes to how to move us forward. And I think one of the ways for us to be able to create change is to roll with our people, even if we don't agree with them 100%. Right? We got to be mission oriented. We got to be goal oriented. So I might not agree with this person or how they're leading us per se, but if we're on path to actually accomplish the bigger goal, then what's the issue? So I do admit that I was wrong in that instance when it comes to um, forgiving our people and our people and inviting others into our inner circle. 
right? We're not going to do that. I agree with you. We're not going to do that. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That will be like um, inviting in someone to slaughter us. We're not going to do that. We're not going to allow for ourselves to be infiltrated in such a way and willingly allow for that to occur. So I, I concede in that, in that manner. I also went on to talk about the transition from being prideful to actually hating ourselves and how that was able to occur over the course of a few short decades. It wasn't that long ago that we had so much pride in ourselves. It wasn't that long ago that we loved ourselves enough to love our brother and to love our sister. Lastly, I spoke about the fact that we as black women are willing and able to stand with our black men. And to my sisters, we got to be able to do that. We got to be willing to make those sacrifices. When we think to the future, the questions becomes, what do you want for your life in the future? What do you want for your children's lives in the future? And what are you willing to do now in order to make it to that place? That's all I got for you, family. I love y'all for real. <laughs> I love y'all for real. Um, thank you for sticking around. I am your host here, and I am also the founder of Dom Digital Media, and I go by the name of Dom Witherspoon. No, Dom! Dom! Yes, Dom, yes, yes, Dom, yes. Dom, Family, I want you to remember, the goal is to turn obstacles into opportunities. So if you were able to take anything at all away from this episode, please share with a friend who may be able to take something away from it as well. Once again, it is all love, and this is Embezzling Creativity. Embezzling Creativity, fool.